What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, March 31st, 2016, and you guys are listening to episode 251. Holy shit, man, 49 away from 300. Uh, I hope everybody had a great week in between shows. Uh, I know I did. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling strong. Voice is completely back. Um, sleeping well, still not drinking, drank one time Super Bowl Sunday, okay, I drank Super Bowl Sunday, and then what was it, so the last drink I had was January 3rd, okay, two days after the uh, New Year's Eve, I had drinks on the airplane, uh, flying back from Los Angeles to New York, and then I did not drink until the Super Bowl, which was February, whatever, the beginning of February, and I have not drank since then. So I've had one drink in about 89, 88 days, something like that. So uh, losing weight, feeling great, uh, did not mean for that to rhyme, although it kind of came together at the end. But uh, I have a great show for you guys today. I'm revved up. Um, I got nine hours of sleep last night. That's why I got a little pep in my step for this podcast, 251. Also, um, I am sitting in my lovely hotel room uh, at a casino right over the bridge from Detroit in Canada because myself and Joe Bartnick are opening... For our dear friend Bill Burr, I have not opened for Bill in a long time. Um, New Year's Eve we did, and then before that was the Garden in November. So I really, you know, with me out there headlining and, and, you know, doing my own thing right now, I don't get a chance to work with uh, Bill as much anymore. But we're such good buddies and and Bartnick, and we love to do these things. So Bill was like, hey, man, let's go on a little four-day run in Canada. We were like, absolutely, we'll see if we could get some sporting events or or just have a good time hanging with these guys. There is a problem, though, folks. And the problem is, I said that I haven't drank <laughs> in uh, 87 or 88 days, whatever. I have to look at the calendar. Or I've drank once. I've, I've had, I, I drank once in that time, which was Super Bowl, like I said. And now I am staring down the barrel of Joe Bartnick and Bill Burr in a casino, and we're off tonight. Uh, so I'm going to try to talk them into like a dinner and like a cigar. They don't know this. and They're not going to listen because they're too fucking preoccupied in their own podcast. So I'm going to try to talk them into like a dinner and a cigar. And maybe I could kind of escape with like a seltzer and a cranberry or something like that. Um, I don't know. I wanted to get to 90 days, but I, then I fucking drank at the Super Bowl. So I said, I'll add the, I'll add a day to make it 91. So I drink with these guys. I got to add it to 100 days. I don't know what to do. I really don't want to drink, to be honest. I'm only going to drink if, like, we're at a place where, like, oh, we have to. You know, like one of those things where you're just like, oh, this is such perfect thing. We got to drink. If it's not that, if it's not that occasion, I'm not drinking just to drink. I feel phenomenal sober. I go to bed, even if I go to bed late and I only get five hours or six hours of sleep and you people out there who have, you know, jobs that with demanding hours or have children, you know, it's fucking tough waking up fucking hungover because you threw down, you know, four beers watching a pointless game you don't give a fuck about. But when you do it sober, oh man, you go to bed, I wake up, I shake off five hours, no time, wake up, you know, it sucks for like the first 15 minutes, you get a coffee and you're, you know, you're raring to go, you're all good, 
And that's where I'm at now. Uh, boy, you guys sent a shitload of unacceptables this week. I hope they're short. Uh, before we get into the Verzi Effect Podcast 251, let's get to the sponsor. The Verzi Effect Podcast. I actually have some other sponsors interested. People are knocking on the door because the Verzi Effect keeps going up. If you have a company, a small company, if you have a website, if you have a big company, whatever, that you think my kind of wheelhouse is, my demographic, okay? You know what my demographic is? People are like, oh, what's your demographic? Is it more men? Is it more women? My demographic is the fucking coolest, smartest people in the country. That's my fucking demographic. My demographic is not fucking black or white in an argument, there's a little gray in there. People that fucking will listen and have talk talk to you about things. That's what my demographic is, or that because that's what I am. And I feel like my demographic is, a, and obviously, if you like me, uh, you're you're gonna kind of hopefully feel the same way. Or maybe we're different and you like the show anyway. I'm looking at something right now, and this is really weird. As I was just saying that, there's a little lamp on the desk here in the hotel, and it's got those. It's hard to describe. It almost looks like a like a, a like a fuck like what what's that what's the fucking word you know the ninja turtles raphael's got that three fucking that like thing that's three blades it looks like that and there's two shades on the on the on the two that are on the outside anyway that's actually a moot point i should just i should have not even talked about how the fucking thing looks it looks like there's like white powder on like the metal on it like fucking somebody was doing blow but that can't be powder is it uh anyway i don't know Oh, the good times people have here in this casino. <laughs> but I feel like my demographic is the is the coolest fucking people, man, that, that listen to the show. Because um, there's no, I don't know. I would say I got people showing up to shows that listen in their 20s. I would say my demographic, seriously, is probably anywhere from like 25, 26 to like 50. I would say like that. I think you could listen to the show. You know, who knows? But I actually know some younger people that listen to it too. Um, so yeah, you know, anyways, I got to talk about a lot of shit here. All right. Um, but, uh, if you want to sponsor the show, uh, and if you think that the people that I talk to or, uh, you know, the things that I even talk about will help your company in any way, um, hit me up. I have all different packages, very, um, you know, reasonable uh, I'll do something where I'll only mention it a couple of times a month. Won't even be everything. If you want to want to do something like that, just let me know. But, uh, the, uh, the staple, the faithful gonzofame.com is who sponsors the Verzi effect. One of the, one of the loyal people out there, Dave Gavry over there in Chicago, funny up and coming comedian. You see Dave Gavry's name out there on a bill in Chicago. Go see Dave. And say, Dave, thank you for being a funny comedian and sponsoring the Verzi Effect podcast for as long as you do. He puts a great website, gonzofame.com, for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today, tomorrow, past, present. Well, no, not past, but present. Go to gonzofame.com. You will get a great, uh, read a great interview of um, amazing uh, comedians that he's had on there. So check that out. Also, go to All Things Comedy, guys. Allthingscomedy.com for, to just look at all the great po- comedy podcasts. That's where the Verzi Effect resides. They've been great to me. They're All Things Records uh, did the, the album. They have other great albums coming out. Shout out to my buddy Giannis Pappas, uh, whose album is going to be coming out uh, soon, uh, I believe in April. So check out Giannis. Uh, he recorded it out there in Wisconsin. Brilliant comic. 
Uh, great friend, great comic. You, you'll love that. So please check that out. And and follow um, All Things Comedy and Giannis uh, at, at, uh, at All Things Comedy. And I believe just if you put in Giannis Papas or whatever, you'll get uh, his, his Twitter feed too. So that's the kind of friend I am, plugging friends while I'm plugging companies. Um, so I'm sitting here in Canada. And, oh, before I get into this too, I want to thank everybody who came out Saturday night. Um, the night before... The night before Easter, Saturday night, the night before Easter in Pompton Plains, New Jersey at the Regency House Hotel, me and Joe Bartnick, we did just one show. We did it back in the small room back there. Uh, We didn't know what to expect because it's a really tough weekend and it was uh, a great turnout. Um, We had a great time. Uh, There were some Verzi Effect fans there and and it was just a really good time. So if you were at that show, you listen and you're a loyal listener, thank you so much. People uh, bought the album that night. It was a lot of fun. So please, um, uh, please keep coming. No, it was it was great. So thank you guys so much uh, who did that. We didn't even realize, you know, the Booker and I were talking and we we're like, holy shit, why the fuck did we do this this weekend? But we just did it in such advance, like we did it so advanced. He's like, hey, Bartnick's going to be in town. You haven't been to Jersey in a while. You want to come out and do something? We didn't realize we booked it around Easter, but it was still a decent turnout. So thank you so much um, for that. Now, I'm in Canada. I'm sitting here in my uh, hotel room. And I'm like, all right, I got to get my, I got to get dressed and write down my set for tonight and everything. And I'm like, wait a minute, I don't have to work tonight. Okay. So what do I do? Like, I feel like, and I feel bad. My wife is not going to hear this, but here's the deal. My wife is dealing with the two kids. I mean, luckily, luckily tomorrow's Friday. She's de- And I did shit before I left. You know, I made sure the garbage goes out on Thursday. I walked it up the driveway, did all that shit, tried to do, you know, whatever I could to make her life easy. But end of the day, she's working with a fucking, you know, a puppy that's... By the way, my fucking puppy Lloyd is... He's getting bigger now. He's not medium size yet. He's I would say he's still like puppy, but like he start like every day you just see him growing. But this fucking dog is an athlete, guys. Like my dog, I feel like I'm walking Carl Lewis in fucking 1990. This fucking dog wants to run, jump. I'm just I'm I'm like walking Michael Jordan in 84 when he was like on the Tar Heels, just a big fucking just puppy who's just fuck like I swear to god this dog just jumps runs, he's got these bursts of energies, and he's so fucking fast that when I throw a ball or kick, <laughs> when I throw a ball, like a tennis ball or kick a soccer ball, he doesn't like his toys, it's almost like he's like, nah, fuck you, I know it's a dog toy, give me give me the shit you play with, that's the look that he gives me, like I just went to fucking Petco or Pet Value or Pet Smart, one of these fucking places, I dropped like, and I don't care, dude, It's it's a dog that needs stuff. But, like, I almost dropped a C-note in this place. I'm, like, buying him, like, rubbery Frisbees. I'm buying him fucking tennis balls. I'm buying him the, I'm buying him a bone that they say is, like, a destructible bone that he'll go nuts over. He looked at it. He, like, bit it twice and was like, all right, what's next? What the fuck is this? You know? But then you kick the kid's soccer ball, and he's an absolute lunatic. But the, the only way to describe how fast he is is when I throw a ball, I kick a soccer ball, and I watch him go to it. He gets there so fast, it reminds me of, like, when you shoot an arrow and you just watch it go. Like, he's obviously not as fast as an arrow, but, like, that's how it just, he just gets there. Um, But something funny happened. My accountant came over last night, and uh, she comes over, you know, around this time every year, get gets all the tax info, gets make sure she gets everything in before the, you know, before the, the, the 15th or whatever, April. And she brings her, her poodle. 
Her poodle's name is Julie, which is hilarious. This is this. I mean, I know for you people that know poodles are smart dogs. This dog is so fucking smart. She actually, I'm not even kidding. At first I thought it was like, you know, when you first think it's like, ah, that's that person who just thinks their dog is a person. And yeah, it gets a little annoying the way they talk. No, dude. She talks to this fucking dog <laughs> like it's a person. Like she'll literally be like, Julie, come on. What are you doing that for, Julie? And like the dog looks at her like, yeah, you're right. And like, and I'm like, D-. I literally said to my account, I was like, does she understand you? And she's like, yeah, no. She goes, listen, she, she knows that she knows what I mean. Like she understands what I'm trying to tell her. And like I watched and she did. So Lloyd, our puppy's jumping up and down. He's, he's being really nice. And he's actually like kind of very alpha. So like I was, you know, there was a chance. I was like, dude, I don't want him to fucking burp a bunch of fucking, <laughs> fucking, fucking poodle hair out of his mouth and have a big screaming thing and, you know, obviously lose my accountant and blood and fucking, I don't want that. And no, he was jumping around with this dog, but this dog was this little hot shit running around and she's like, yeah, her, her, and and I was just like, she's like, yeah, she knows how to play with these guys. Her first boyfriend was a big Akita. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, and she showed me pictures of the dog with this fucking Akita. I was like, this fucking thing is like a person. So, so this fucking dog is like, puts her hand on Lloyd's bone and just looks at him. And Lloyd can't fucking handle it. He simply cannot deal with with this little fucking thing. She's just like, what, motherfucker? I'm holding it, right? And he's like, he's fucking tails wagging, but then down, jumping. Like, he just doesn't know what to do. He's like, how is this little fucking... She's like half the size of him, and he's still a puppy, and she's this little thing. And she's like... And he like she knew she was playing games with him. Like, like, typical woman to guy, like, just fucking with him, you know? Like, if they were at a club, he wouldn't know if he should walk up, and then she'd smile, but then turn her back. Like, that's what the fuck was happening here. So... Then he starts getting aggressive, and she's like, no, she's fine. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, my dog is kind of big and jumping. She goes, no, no, she's fine. Don't worry. She could hold her own. And this thing is, like, biting at him and slapping him in the face, and he's like, what the fuck? So then she tells me, my accountant, she goes, yeah, she could, you know, she could outrun a, she could outrun a, 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 a what's the fucking, a greyhound. And I'm like, in my, that, that's when I'm like, get the fuck out of here. But she didn't say she's faster than a greyhound. She said she could outrun a greyhound. So then I knew what she was talking about. She said she she could last. So I'm still, like, obviously skeptical, but like, I'm whatever. Whatever. Let's give you the tax stuff. Great seeing you. You know, I've, she's been doing... My accountant actually heard me ask for an album, like, 11 years ago. Seriously. Yeah. About 11 years ago... 11, 12 years ago, I was in Best Buy, and she was just in there shopping or doing something with work. She takes, like, inventory for other companies. I don't know. And she heard me ask for an album, and she just goes, oh, yeah, I like that, too, or whatever. And we just started talking, and she's like, yeah, I do taxes. And sure enough, she became my accountant. She did my taxes. She crushed it for me. And then she she just always did them, then I met, you know, then my wife, and I didn't meet my wife, I knew my wife her, but then my wife started using her, and then we started using her together, and she's just been doing it, so I'm like, yeah, great to see you, and I was like, I'll walk you out, because I got to take Lloyd out to go to the bathroom or whatever, and this fucking poodle is running around my front yard faster than anything I've ever fucking seen in my life, it was like a white blur, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing, now I got Lloyd on the leash, but sometimes I let him go, because if you keep the leash on him and let him run, so I was like, will she come back to you? And she's like, Julie will always come back to me. As soon as I say her name, she'll run right to my side. And the dog was that smart. So I go, all right, since she's running around like a lunatic, I want to get Lloyd tired. 
So I drop the leash and my fucking dog just like a bullet runs after this dog. I mean, and he's fast as shit and he runs after this poodle and this poodle is juking, doing fucking, you know, Walter Payton cuts, just juking and running and stuff. And he just can't catch her. He's always like the closest he ever came was like two feet, maybe one foot, but she always knew. And she always, and like, she was sizing up how far he could get to her. Like she knew his distance. She knew his speed. She never got tired until fine. And they're running around in circles. They're running around zigzag. And finally, Lloyd just, I just saw his legs. He just was like, fuck this bitch, dude. I can't, I can't. And the dog was just like waiting like, I know, I got you, motherfucker, I know. And it was cool because it, it made him tired. One of the coolest things i ever seen, though, poodles are no joke. Um, really smart, and, um, and, and it was fun to watch. So, all right, I got an unacceptable and an acceptable for you guys this week. And then I have to get to your guys' unacceptables because you guys, uh, no, it's not too bad, but it's just, it's definitely a packed one. I see some usual suspects, and I also see some new people that uh, that came that came on here so we're gonna we're gonna get to those two um, first my unacceptable is this by the way I hope everybody had a happy Easter I had an amazing Easter I performed in Jersey and on Saturday night and uh, my mother-in-law lives in Jersey so she took my two kids and my wife was actually able to come to the show that uh, you know she came to the show in Jersey she hasn't seen me in a long time I'm working on a ton of new material new hour. So she got to see that. We had a great time. And then we wake up at my mother-in-law's the next day, go eat. Amazing time with my kids. And uh, I didn't have to think about stand-up. I didn't have to think about work. It was just me, my wife, my kids on Easter Sunday. I hope everybody had a had a great one. Had had a delicious meal and all that stuff. So um, I can't. I can't uh, find my keys when we leave the restaurant. Or we left the restaurant. Uh, great Italian restaurant out there. My, uh, my mother-in-law knows the owner very well. And so we go to this place to get something to eat. And, um, I go to the bathroom and I leave the keys on top of like where you dry your hands or like a, or where you, you know, would pull the, you know, pull the towel out. You could like, you had an option of using a hand dryer and a thing to pull the towel out. And I think I, I, I put my, um, my keys up there. I can't find it. I was tired. Like I was like out of it that week. So I was just like leaving shit, forgetting shit. So we're looking in the couches, the cushions where we sat. We can't find it. So I like run out and my family's by the truck and I'm going, is it there? Do you have it? And they're like, no. And I'm like, fuck. And I got to go back in. And I finally see that I left him in the bathroom because I went to the bathroom before we left and that's where it is. But while I'm yelling, do you guys have it? Is it over there? I see this little fucking silver car. Mind you, my kids are there. My wife's there. My mother-in-law's there in a parking lot. I see this little fucking silver car. Tiny, like not like smart car tiny, but like Ford Festiva. I actually had that. that was my first car on a 60, but like like one of those little fucking things. And the guy is just peeling out like he's holding it like a drag race where the back tires are just going and smoking. And like he's doing it in this little parking lot with like my kids and wife around now. They were standing away, but it's like how fucking... Dude, first of all, if you would have done anything to my family, my kids, I would have fucking take him out and I would have fucking... Beat his body to death on his piece of shit car if he fucking went near my children. But just the fact that you're spinning your tires like that and you're like thinking you're cool in this little piece. She's like, look, I could smoke. And it was just some big fat fucking Jersey mess. You know, I looked at him as he drove by and he just looked like he fucking, you know, he just 
looks like he just fucking overeats at Devil's Games. You know, just one of those fucking just, ugh. You know, got like bad heavy metal in his car. I mean, I don't know this, but this is what I'm thinking. Um, and it was just ridiculous to peel out with smoky tires and do that in a parking lot where there's children in a little piece of shit car. Like, what are you trying to do? Are you cool? Yeah, you're real cool. Yeah, look at look at everybody looking at you, you fucking dope. It was unacceptable. Here's my acceptable. I have an acceptable because I saw something that I rarely see. Now, we've done... How many of these? I have done... This is my 251st episode of TVE. All right? And, oh, by the way, I want to shout out the two dudes who came out to see me at the stand, too. I'll get back to the episodes thing with the acceptable... But uh, these two dudes from White Plains came out, man. And I really appreciate you guys coming out. I just was doing a set during the week at the stand. And I was working on new stuff. I had a great time, actually. And this dude was like, yeah, I'm from Westchester. I'm from White Plains. And he's like, dude, I listen to the Verzi Effect over so many other podcasts. Like, you took the slot. And I'm like, I really appreciate that. So thank you so much. But I've been doing this now 251 times uh, as we speak is the 251st time. And how many acceptables have I had? Maybe two, maybe three, like where you're just like, oh my God, this is like, I, this is so amazing. I got to talk about it. Um, and I thought it was going to be a nightmare. My son wanted Subway. I was like, Lucas, I'm going to go to the, like, we have like one of the most insane Italian delis in the country, like on the border of Connecticut and New York in Connecticut by us. And we go there all the time. Cause it's just like, I mean, it's insane. Got the meats hanging, anything you ever fucking wanted in there. So I'm like, I'm going to go over there. And he's like, no, no, I don't want that. I want Subway. Subway sandwiches are the best. And I'm like, no, nah, they're not. But I mean, I like them, but he's like, no, no, they, they are. And I realize he wants the cookie and whatever fucking drink you could get. You know, he wants the, he wants a cookie. My son wants a cookie, so he wants to go to Subway. So I'm like, all right, fine. I'll go to Subway. I'll get you guys Subway. And then my daughter chimes in because she wants what he wants. I want Subway too. All right, fuck it. Let's go to Subway. Everybody's going to get Subway. <laughs> right? So... I drive to this subway, and my wife is a very picky eater to a level that, like, if something's wrong, it's just, she gets it from her grandmother. Like, I don't even blame my wife for it anymore because I kind of saw how other people in her family were. My wife, like, doesn't like veins and things, like, it's like chicken. She doesn't like, like, she likes certain, like, like, uh, doesn't like cucumber. Like, there's certain things. So, fine. So, she's like, give me the veggie, but this is what I want. I got her to text it to me, and she goes, actually... I was on the phone with her walking up the steps to the subway. So I go, you know what? You could just tell me now. So I walk in and the kid, there's nobody there. And the kid looks at me and I go, all right, I'm here now. What do you want? And he kind of almost rolls his eyes or is like, oh, fuck, here we go. He gave that look like, oh, fuck, I hate these people who do the order through the phone. And he was absolutely right. So in my mind, I'm like, you got to go quick. Stace, you got to go quick. Let's go. So I'm like, oh, so what do you want? So what do you want? And like, I'm letting him know that I know. He's like, don't make this a be a shit show. Okay, if that makes any sense. So I, uh, I'm i like, yeah, so, you know, lettuce, tomato, you know, whatever the fuck it was. Black olives, you know, mayo, all this stuff. He's like, all right. And I was like, all right, babe, I got to go. And I get up the phone. He goes, all right, what else? What do you need? What do you need? And I'm like, oh, I need two turkey. He just whips it. What, what's the next one? What's the next one? This fucking kid was making sense. I'm not even exaggerating or trying to be funny for the show. I'm being dead serious. Like, I'm not exaggerating. This kid was making sandwiches as if somebody said to him, dude, if you don't have three to five sandwiches done in five minutes, I'm going to fucking murder your mother. 
That's the like this dude was like bread open. Was what do you want on it? What do you want on it? I was like, yeah, I get lettuce and like like I couldn't even said tiss on the lettuce before he's go. What else? What else? I was like, yeah, let me get some pepper. He was making me anxious on how fast he was making it. Like, and I'm like, no wonder why there's no fucking line and there's nobody here. This kid is military style fucking doing it, right? So I was just like, Jesus. So then a guy comes behind me and we're both watching this. So finally, I say to the guy, I go, Jesus, this kid is fast, right? And he goes, yeah, he is. And I go, dude, two more weeks and this kid's going to be manager. And the kid, as he's making sandwiches, he just looks up and he goes, I already am the manager. And we both started laughing. And then even the kid finally loosened up and he started laughing. He was almost borderline too good and fast. Like, it was almost like, all right, dude, like, I, I mean, I'm like, you got to... You got to pick a happy medium here. Like, this is, this is fucking nuts. But it was, the sandwiches were great. He nailed it. Like, he just, he put the perfect amount. Like, this kid fucking knew this is who you wanted working at your company. So, uh, acceptable to that kid in, uh, in that subway. All right. So, now I will get to your guys' unacceptables. Uh, we'll get through these. What else? Hold on. I want to make sure we're talking about everything else. So, I got that acceptable. Got that done. Got that done. All right. Do a little sports. Talk about how those Golden State Warriors, geez. Um, what else? Oh, my God. That people versus OJ. Oh, how good was that episode? We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll just get through it. We got a bunch of stuff to do. So here we go. This one is from, the first one <clears throat> is from uh, Greg. And Greg says, Paul. <clears throat> it is absolutely unacceptable the false hope these television shows and Pinterest give women. They think by watching a TV show or following the steps on some shitty app, they are all of a sudden general contractors. That being said, my girl saw one of these shows and decided to be a remodeler and start <laughs> fucking with our kitchen. I knew from the start that I would have to step in and finish the project and add more shit for me to do when I get out of work. Luckily, I am a licensed electrician and have been uh, and I've been in trades long enough to finish the job and pay my other contractor buddies with beers and pizza. Absolutely unacceptable. Uh, lock these lawn and garden bimbos on TV in a cage with a skill saw and some tools and don't let them out. Greg Roselli. Thank you, Greg. That's hilarious. Uh, you know what? That's why when they do it, I'm just like, look, if you're going to do this, like when she wants me to do something, you know what's funny about that? You're absolutely right. You're making me think about, because my wife wants to change the color of our bedroom, right? They love, ladies, I'm not trying to pick on you here, okay? Um, and I'm really not. Like, I was thinking about it. Like, without women, dude, women are like cool, interesting, fun. I mean, the cool ones are fucking cool. Like, but anyways... Because, uh, you know, people get anti-feminist and shit. And I do too, like, because there's a fine line. Like I always say, there's a fine line between feminist and cunt. And, and, but the women are really fucking cool, man. And, and, and the, the, you know, intelligent ones are awesome. You know, it's just that fucking like, fuck yeah. Yeah, fucking now, man. Fuck you. Why would you say that on stage? You fucking, like, it's like that shit is just like whatever. Um, 
But my wife, you know, women love to change colors. They do. I watched my mother do it. If you scraped my mother's old bedroom that we were growing up, like the walls, you'd have every fucking color that was ever made. They just, you know, maybe we should go green or no, no. Maybe like a, like a, oh, what about like a nice cranberry? That would be, and then two months later, what, no, a bright, yeah, it's time to brighten things up with the windows. They, they don't fucking know what they're doing. But anyways, so I end up painting the fucking room. I, I actually like painting. It's it's something that, you know, but yeah, it's true. They start, you finish. Thank you for the unacceptable. Not always, ladies. Relax. This is from Daniel Naylor. Here we go. Paul, this isn't my personal experience, but a colleague of mine's. However, I had to share. I don't want to link, uh, I don't want to link to the page, but I'll copy some parts a uh, friend of a friend left her job because she was unfulfilled, racked up 36k worth of credit card debt, finding herself. <laughs> okay, uh, traveling, I'm sure, doing all sorts of cool shit we'd all love to do. And now started a GoFundMe to ask people to pay off uh, said debt. Okay, and she wants to start some life coach bullshit business. All right. Uh, I knew that if I took a new job, I'd continue hiding from myself. Okay, okay, I guess, so this is from them I'm taking. I knew that if I took a new job, I'd continue hiding from myself and the growth I required to do this, uh, to do, to do, to step into the life I really want, particularly because at the time I had no clue what that was. Not only have I taken time away from work, but during this time I've invested more than 30000 in my own personal growth. Bally's, uh, <laughs> Bally's, uh, irresponsible, stupid, possibly. Now I feel passionate about the work I want to do in the world. I'm taking steps to start my own business, helping other women discover and communicate their deepest truth with crystal clarity in all aspects of their life, and I've even cultivated a few clients. Um, I wouldn't change anything that's happened since last July. That said, in addition to a lot of self-knowledge, I've accumulated 36000 of credit card debt. See, aforementioned, yeah, aforementioned personal growth investments, the extensive travel required for those experiences, and also living life. Yada, 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 give me 36K. Uh, keep doing you, Paul. Dan, thanks, Dan. Um, wow, yeah, dude, like the GoFundMe thing, that's... Like, I wonder, like, how, yeah, Pete, like... I don't know. I feel like you got it. I'm not trying to be a dick, but I feel like for the GoFundMe, it need it neither it either needs to be a project that you know is gonna like fucking be something. People, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. If you know there's gonna be a documentary about something interesting and you you want to see it and you know people, you know what I mean? Like go you know GoFundMe and someone's like, no, I really want to see that, but they need some money. I get that. Somebody's sick with cancer or somebody's sick, obviously GoFundMe, all that stuff, and you know. But to to yeah to just kind of do that stuff and ask for the money is that's fucking really fucked up. Uh, if that is, you know, 
living life. Yeah, 36K. The fuck? From July, 36K on and not working? That's that's a good time. Uh, it's from Josh Innocent. Hi, Paul. Here's an unacceptable that will get your blood boiling as a father. I'm on the subway and I see a man who's got a baby on a stroller. Rather than pay attention to his infant son, he has his face glued to his phone. The train suddenly jerks and the stroller goes off backwards and nearly free falls until I and some other passenger catches it. He just applies the safety brake, moves his kid, and goes back to his phone like nothing happened. I may have embarrassed myself, but I said, maybe he's not the one who needs a legal guardian. Uh, Awkward silence, but I'm proud of it. He won't even look up. Wow. Unacceptable. Mega bus levels. Unacceptable. Put him in a stroller and wheel him into a cage. That's fucked up, man. Like, I, sometimes I wonder, like, when I'm with my kids, I'm always like, am I on the phone too much? Or, like, I need, like I'm looking at an email. I'm like, should I have emailed that? Or should I, and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? And anytime I do that, I just put down what I'm doing and go with my kids. It's fucked up, but, but especially in, like, transportation. And not when, not, not an infant. You know what I mean? Like, I worry about it sometimes with, like, a three-year-old or a six-year-old. If they're doing something and they're occupied, I'll fucking do something. But an infant, that's a fuck, that's terrible. Um... Here we go. This is from Sam. Um, Here we go. Hi, Paul. Just wanted to say that your performance at the Best Western in Pompton Plains destroyed. It was the first comedy show my girl and I had ever been to, and it couldn't have been better. Uh, Wow. Your Star Wars joke with your daughter had me dying. Attached is a picture of the room you performed in, except it is during the following day's free breakfast. That's fucking hilarious. Wow. Wow, that looks so different. It's amazing what they do to that. Oh, yeah, I see the things on the lights. Jesus. Um, I'm Skinny Sam from that show. Oh, yeah. I remember, Sam. That's right, dude. Oh, see, there you go. So the demographic is younger than 26 because you said you were 21. I remember that. I had a good time with this guy uh, when I was on stage, this guy Sam. Thanks so much, dude. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Yeah, I'm excited, man. That Star Wars bit. People are liking that one. I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, thank you so much. Here we go. This one is from Jack Shipway. Uh, saw a grown man, easily late 20s, maybe even early 30s, wearing Call of Duty track pants at the shopping center today. Not even subtitle ones. The logo took up most of the outer leg. And they had some nasty stains to finish the look. Put them in a cage. All the best from England, Jack. Thank you, Jack. Uh, yeah, man. I saw a bunch of Call of Duty like apparel and book bags and stuff at the store. I'm like, you got to be really fucking into a video game just to take it to that level. Uh, thank you for the submission. Uh, I can't wait to go down to England. I want to go down to. I want to go. I want to go to fucking. I really want to go to England, man. I want. I can't wait to go to Europe. And, and I, I really want to go to Europe with the wives and the friends and everything. Like, do, like, half of it comedy shows and the other half just leisure. Just go out there for, like, a fucking month. But, you know, kids and stuff. Or, or two weeks or something. But anyway, here we go. This is from Spencer McCormick. Hi, Paul. This is Spencer from New Hampshire. Just wanted to say that your comedy and the podcast is great. And I look forward to one day getting a chance to see you live. Now to the unacceptable. Well, thank you very much. When leaving my local grocery store yesterday after picking up supplies for the week, I came back to this cart placed right next to my rear bumper. 
This had to have been left there by the owner of the car that used to be parked uh, next to me. Not only is it unacceptable to just leave your cart in a space and not put it into the into one of the uh, cart returns, it is more acceptable to leave it right behind somebody's car. Yes, that that is true. Uh, what made this even more unacceptable is the fact that the cart return was literally 10 feet away on the opposite side of the aisle. Paul, we need to shove these animals into these abandoned shopping carts and roll their dumb asses into cart return sized cages. Sorry for the length, but had to get that off my chest. Um, P.S. I heard you mention that you have always liked Chevy Impalas, and I'm driving a 2015 model right now, and it is awesome. Thanks, Spencer. Uh, so he sent me a picture, and they put a cart right next to his uh, next to his car. Yeah, here's the thing about that. I, I I think I mentioned this on the show before. Your car looks nice too. V6 too. That that's yeah, man. The V6 is go. Anyways, I had a V6 when fucking it was almost five dollars a gallon. You know, and I was putting like $40 a day into my Nissan Maxima because the fucking gas was now it's now gas is nothing. It's like and I got rid of the fucking thing because I drive and I drive, you know, from the woods to Manhattan almost every fucking night. Um, but yeah, so I have a I'm going to I'm going to say this. It's unacceptable for it to be as close as it was to your car. But I am. Tell me what you guys think of this. I have a, I have a, a question with this. There's, this is a two-way street for me. A lot of times, I feel like if I'm super far away from it and I'm with my kids, I'll take it to a designated place where it's not going to hit anybody. And hear me out before you're like, oh, you're being a dick. No, hear me out. I'll put it in a designated place. Like if the cart return is really far and I got groceries and I got my kids and I just want to get the fuck out of there, I'll put it in a place that's not going to hit or disturb a car, you know, and, and my philosophy on that is this, the person whose job it is to collect the carts and bring them inside, you see them walking around, you could also look at it like you're giving them fucking, you're giving them more of a job because like, I don't know, some of those people aren't like, you know, I mean, no, I don't know, some of those people fucking want to work. You know, do a little. So I'm like, look, the guy can maybe walk 20 fucking yards and do it. He feels like he's doing his job. But I will say this. When it's close, I always put it in the cart. And I'll even walk 30 yards to put it in the cart. But if it's really far and I'm going to get the fuck out of there, I'll I'll be nice and put it somewhere where, you know, the guy's going to go and do it. But I look at it like, hey, you let the guy do his work a little bit. Some people like, no, no, they always need to be in a cart. No, not always. I know if I was out there, I'd like to go collect them unless it was like super, super dickhead move. So I don't know as far as fully unacceptable, but leaving it next to your bumper, definitely unacceptable. And thank you so much for the um, submission, Spencer. This is from Levi Wetzel. Hello, Paul. My unacceptable for this week is all these Instagram model slash female celebs. I won't mention any names, but one is on the Blurred Lines video that keep talking about how great the new Colin Clen T is working for them to keep their great body and their shapes. The last thing I want to be thinking about, oh, yeah, the great body of, of, of theirs in shape, yeah. The last thing I want to be thinking about when I'm looking at sexy Instagram pictures uh, of these women is them shitting their brains out. <laughs> Enjoy the podcast. And wish you all the best with your continued success. Thanks, uh, Levi. Thank you so much, Levi. I appreciate that, man. And, um, you know, I uh, by the way, man, I hope you guys... Uh, 
come out to see me live wherever wherever you guys are at, man. Come out to see me live because I, I can honestly say uh, I'm really excited right now about you know after the album came out, I mentioned I was like writer's block. You know, I had some time. I had time more than a lot of time more than the album, but like stuff that like I really wanted to put in the next hour. Um, you know, what you want to be a special, you know, it'd be a special that, that you guys can, you know, order, have it on a, on a network and stuff. And that's what I'm, I'm looking at. And like, I'm so excited with this new hour. And, uh, you know, so the people that came out and popped in planes and saw it, man, like that's a lot of it. That's like a lot of it is my new stuff. And I'm really, really fucking excited about this new hour. So, um, you know, I'm going to be in Atlanta the 28th of April, check that out through May 1st. I'll plug that at the end. But, um, yeah, man, I'm, it's 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 going, it's going well. Um, and as far as the colon cleanse tea, that's yeah. I don't want to see. Uh, I don't want to hear that. Like, oh my god, I'm shitting my brains out. But I look, it's like I don't want to fucking. I don't care. I don't fucking care. And it's like, first of all, why the fuck do you need a colon cleanse? You're 25 years old. You know, fucking eat normal, you fucking animal. <laughs> okay, this one, this next one. Does not have a name, just an email. Uh, Here we go. I went to dinner with my girl for Christmas and ordered some food. When it arrived, I happened to glance up at the table across from us and was immediately struck, (laughs) staring into this monstrosity's (laughs) cavernous hairy ass crack like it was a tractor beam. Oh my God, he sent a picture. Are you, is that a fucking no? I had to sit there and try to eat while he... (laughs) He shifted back and forth. His stinky ass was literally making me sad. And it was like he was a small... It was like he was a small guy. He looked like the type that takes uh, pipe destroyer shits on the regular. How do you not feel the breeze or cold air? The shit ruined my night and dinner. Lock the smelly ass knuckle dragon caveman in a cage and throw away the key. Animal. Thanks for the laughs. Saw you New Year's in L.A. Legit. Keep up the good work. Thanks, dude. I had a great time on New Year's Eve in L.A. He sent me a picture of this guy, and it's not even... This is not even a fucking exaggeration. This is not even like plumber ass crack. This guy is legit sitting down with half of his ass, or easily more than the top half of his ass, just hanging out of his pants next to his fucking girl that seems like she's dressed nice. That's fucking brutal. Thank you for the submission, dude. Um, oh my god. Some people just like I get when I'm like alone. Like if I was alone in sweatpants walking my dog and I felt my pants going like down my waist, I lift it up. This guy's in a fucking restaurant. That is an absolute cage. Put him in a cage. I gotta get a cage t-shirt, right? I got the poster. Oh, by the way, everybody should have their posters. I am up to date with everything. Every poster, every fucking, everything that you guys bought. CDs were out in the mail. Posters are out in the mail. Everybody should have them. So um, I got to do a cage t-shirt though. Put them in a cage or something like that. A few more here. Uh, Here we go. Uh, This one is from John. Hi, Jar. I hope I said that right. Say John so I don't fuck it up. Here we go. Hi, Paul. Huge fan here. Uh, seen you three times in person and can't wait for the fourth. Well, that's that means a lot to me. Thank you so much, John. I know you've done shit, uh, done a shit ton of politics this week, but my unacceptable for the week is Hillary running away with the African-American vote 
this election. Like you, I am very open-minded, uh, right-leaning, independent, so I don't have a dog in the fight. But you've got someone that got caught saying even more fucked up stuff about black people than Trump could ever say, destroying somebody that protested alongside uh, Martin Luther King in the 60s. Like you, I appreciate Bernie's fire and honesty, but he's running in a corrupt election and has no shot at winning. Yeah, I mean, as sad as that is to say, that may be true. Um here we go. Uh, blah blah blah. Check out Rand Paul's politics sometime. He's the only Republican that wasn't running on xenophobia and promises of disaster, but got nowhere because he's trying to pass legislation to uh, audit the Federal Reserve. Since we agree with so much politically, I think he might strike a chord with you too. Signed, a brown guy that might vote for Trump just to watch the world lose its shit. P.S. As a Red Sox fan, I begrudgingly support Derek Jeter 2016. Uh, it beats these four degenerates any day of the week. Do me a solid, Paul. <laughs> Give Pedro Martinez the VP nomination, and you've got the universal appeal. Yeah, man. Somebody said that. they. Somebody actually heard last podcast and go, hey, man, I know you talked about Jeter. Uh being president, and uh, I thought it was great. Take a listen to this, and they sent me something, and and what they sent me was basically like Jeter saying that he declines or would never consider being Trump's VP. So I guess Trump was thinking the same thing, and I swear to God, I had no idea. So um, yeah, that could be scary. Me and Donald Trump think the same. No, you know what? I gotta say, man, um, and you know, and thank you so much for the submission, dude. I uh, I appreciate it. As far as like Hillary. There's, if for some reason, you know what it is, it's the hatred towards Trump, it's, you know, they don't, obviously, when Bernie and Hillary are the only two on the Democratic side and everybody hates Trump, everybody kind of knows that it's really an uphill battle for, uphill battle for Bernie Sanders to win, and they know that Hillary's going to have the nomination, and they just want to look the other way, man, when things are corrupt, that's what happens. You know, uh, this, you know, Hillary, they want Hillary to, they, the, the main, main people want Hillary to win. She, she works with corporations. She fucking, you know, she's, she's in bed with the corporations. And now that I'm older and I see how it works, of course it's fixed. They could fix a fucking football game. You don't think they're going to fix who runs the fucking world? I mean, who runs the, you know, this country, but, uh, you know, thank you so much, uh, for the thing, uh, John, I appreciate it. And, you know, I'll say this, man, what, you know, I was listening to Trump and it's like, I got to tell you, the guy's not fucking smart. He's not smart because now he's flip flopping. He's, he's when, when hard questions are being asked, he's starting to fucking, well, I got to look at this and oh, well, I got to, well, this, and he's like fucking changing his tune and it, it just doesn't seem prepared. And the shit he's saying about women, man, like I saw a clip and like the shit he says to women, it's like, you know, say what you want about Obama. I'm not really an Obama guy, but like the guy speaks like a fucking gentleman. You cannot take that away from somebody. You can't. I don't give a fuck what your politics are. I don't care if you're some crazy motherfucker who wants to hit the red button and just send nukes to innocent people or, oh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously I would care if that's, but you know, I'm, I'm just using an example. Like, I don't care if that's your policy or if your policy is like fucking, come on, let, let everybody be cool, man, whatever it is. When you speak to people with respect and courtesy and like a gentleman, um, there's something to be said for that. And 
you know, maybe Obama does it because he's got daughters. But you know what? A lot of people have daughters, and everyone's got mothers. Everyone's got a mother. No matter what your relationship is, you got a mother. Uh, people have sisters. And just some of the shit that Trump does say about women and stuff, like, and I'm usually I would like, you know, even maybe sometimes laugh at something and just be like, oh, as a joke. But I got to be honest, some of the shit this guy says about women is really fucking like, dude, like, if you ever said that about my sister or treated my sister like that, I'd fucking pull you in an alley and beat the fucking wig off of you. You know what I mean? Um, and it's things like that that aren't smart. You know, he definitely joked about some stuff. I think he jokes about some stuff that's like, you know, crude or whatever. But when I talk about smart, it's like, dude, you're running for president right now. Have your fucking T's crossed and your I's dotted, you fucking dope. You're getting far into this thing now. You have a chance to be the fucking Republican nominee and, like, you're still making jokes and you're fucking, like, sending tweets and pictures of other guys' wives and, like, crossing the line. It's like, part of me thinks this guy doesn't want to win and is just trying to do this to become more of a celebrity and, like, keep his name out there for the next 10 years. And I'm not even joking about that. I'm not even joking about that. Part of me thinks he doesn't want to win. Because a smart man and a smart individual does not get this far and say the things he's saying. And he's starting to do fucking damage, you know? And I think he's actually freaking out that he might be president. Maybe I'm wrong, but there's just something's not right. It's kind of like just nutty what, what, what he's saying. It's like, be a little smarter than that. I don't care how much money you have. If you're a fucking idiot, you're an idiot. All right, this one's from Jeremy Sweeney. Unacceptable male behavior. Hey, Paul, I just started listening to your podcast uh, a little over a year ago. Bill Burr put me onto it, and I have to say I think this is one of the best, if not the best podcast out there. I have an unacceptable for you. Well, thank you. That's big. Uh, that's a big statement, and I really appreciate it. And I agree, man. Fuck all these podcasts. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I work doing uh, AAA roadside calls. I work for a company that contracts for AAA. I find it totally unacceptable for a grown-ass man that's in perfect health to call another grown-ass man to come change his tire for him when he has all the tools and the physical capability of doing it. What the fuck? Perfect example of the pussification of the adult male in America and then to teach your sons that they should do the same thing is just wrong. I feel a real man should know how to change a tire and shouldn't have to call another man to do it for him. I've even had wives try to get me to teach their husbands how to change a tire. What the fuck is wrong with people these days? And on top of it, if you're going to call me to change your tire for you on the side of a highway uh, or in the pouring... Uh, pouring uh, or in the pouring down rain, at least have the common courtesy to shell out a tip instead of giving me uh, instead of giving me ten thank yous before you just get in the car and leave. I get paid per call, and I go on uh, some days. Okay, so that yeah, so you guys get tips too, man. Yeah, that's true. I love this one. This is a great one. I get paid per call. I go on, and some days I might only do two or three calls. Um, do them tips really help with the bills and kids? Okay, yes. So, okay, yes, yeah, a mistypo. So, uh, them tips really help with the bills and the kids. Of course they do. How the fuck can somebody have you come? Oh, let me just finish this here. 
I think if you're a man and can't change a tire, you shouldn't drive or at least go ahead and duct tape your little weenie between your legs and put on a dress because you are a straight 100% Caitlyn Jenner looking ass bitch. I love the podcast and would really love to see if maybe the four horsemen could make it to North Carolina sometime. Well, thank you so much, man. As a matter of fact, me and Bartnick, uh, not Law and Burr, but me and Bartnick were going to do something in Charlotte, but uh, things just didn't work out just yet. So, uh, But hopefully coming back uh, to either Charlotte or Raleigh or something like that. Dude, if you come out, like they had to come out, my car got stuck in the snow. Had to have like AAA come out and pull my thing, you know, pull the fucking thing out with the chain into the driveway. And you fucking got to, you know, you got to throw the guy at least a 20, man. You got to throw the guy a 20. I mean, how the fuck can you have AAA come out or have somebody come out to help you? It's pouring rain. It's on the highway. You're stuck. They get you out of such a fucking jam. They get you safe because it's not safe being there. And you don't give money? kind of fucking animal? And if you don't have cash on you, just be like, look, dude, like, I don't have cash, but, like, I'll send, you know, let let me fucking pay something on a credit card to the company or do something. You know, that's ridiculous. And thank you so much for the, um, for the submission. Um, yeah, I... I'm not guilty of not knowing how to change a tire. I just do. I just was doing it fucked up once, and somebody told me do it this way. But I cranked the fucking thing up, and I did it. Uh, I was doing it myself. A trooper came, kind of helped me a little bit. But like, I definitely get out, make the effort, try to do it. And uh, now I feel like I could definitely, definitely do it. It was. I was all worried about the jack at first, but it's really easy. Once you get the jack, like before the tire, and you just get it up, it's pretty. It's pretty fucking easy. So uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's uh, something a man should definitely know how to do. I was guilty of not knowing a while ago, but I, I know now. And I remember doing it going, how the fuck can somebody not know how to do this? Uh, here we go. This is from uh, Jose Zafra. Uh, hi, Paul. It's Jose Zafra from SoCal. Uh, this is kind of a response to what Colin from last week's podcast was saying about reboots and sequels. I wholeheartedly agree with him but Rush Hour, for some reason, sh- uh, struck me a lot. I am 22 years old, and I loved the Rush Hour movies. For me, they are childhood classics. I know it had sequels, but why would they reboot it as a show? And they wanted to do uh, that then... Wait a minute. And they wanted to do that then at least get Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. Okay, yeah. Way to shit on my childhood, CBS. Unacceptable. Lock all these non-original cunts in cages. Uh, yeah. So, um, so you agree, but the, the rush hour got you over the fucking edge. You were just like, no, not rush hour. Yeah, it's just like, I mean, some movies, like I, like I heard they tried to do it with Point Break. And like Point Break was fucking great with Keanu Reeves for the time. Keanu Reeves and uh, Patrick Swayze and, and Gary Busey. And, 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 you know, it's just like a fucking good. I, I actually think what was, uh, was Tom Sizemore in that too? He might have been, but like that was great. Like they made it, it got bad reviews. All these remakes are getting bad reviews. You know, fucking Vacation. Vacation is one of the greatest movies of all time. The new one fucking stunk. I'm sorry, it stunk. I, you know, I like Ed Helms. I like fucking Christina Applegate. I like it. Fucking stunk. You're gonna fucking put the movie Vacation and redo it and put Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo and have it fucking stink. It stinks. It fucking stinks. Name one remake that made you go, "Oh my God!" Twenty years later, this is even better. Fucking stinks. Just a few more. 
Where are we time-wise? It doesn't matter. We're having fun. 55 minutes. This one is from David. I feel like going long. Oh, I'm going long on this one, guys. Speaking of going long, Dave, we only have a couple left, and David went big. Here we go. This is from David Ellett. Uh, hey, Paul, my roommate has been dating this chick for a while who he met through his mom's friend. That's weird. He met through his mom's friend. The things he started telling me about her became progressively more and more concerning. She has an ex-husband at 25. She had a guy living on her couch for a while who went by the same who went by the name Scuba. <laughs> she still regularly sees her ex because she shares custody of the dogs with him. She stays at his house sometimes when he's out of town. She drives his car uh, when she does this. You probably know where I'm going with this. So anyways, I keep telling him to leave fun hang... Uh, le to... Wait a minute. I keep telling him to have fun hanging out and banging her, but not to get too involved. Uh, they had started getting in stupid fights, and I told him that he should probably consider ending it, but he didn't because he was getting laid. Oh, man, the vagina. The vagina, huh? Um, so today he calls me and tells me that it's probably over. She told him that her ex had contacted her and wanted to talk. She was putting the relationship on hold. Uh, not her ex-husband, though. An ex-boyfriend from before the husband. Now, my roommate was kind of pissed, understandably, as she hasn't seen this dude in years. He, uh, he found him on her Facebook and Googled his name. The first result, an article stating that this guy was being charged with rape from a few years ago. Apparently, it was settled out of court for $15,000. He calls her up and says they need to talk in person. They meet up, and it comes out that she knows about the rape situation and still wants to at least meet up with him. Apparently, the guy is insanely loaded. He had pictures of him on Facebook playing polo, not, wa not water polo, ride a horse, hit a ball with a stick polo. <laughs> so basically this chick has got to be gold digging his whore I've ever met completely and totally unacceptable locker in a guilted cage guilted cage and put the key in a Swiss safety deposit box thanks for the love keep it up David from uh, Chicago oh yeah it says unacceptable gold digger yeah, dude, listen, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to sound like a dick, but man, like sometimes when a single guy is, you know, having sex, like you look past shit, you know? What are you going to do? You know, guys like, I don't know if this is going to work. Well, I wanted to just come over, blow you and eat a pizza. And you're like, ah, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about it. <laughs> Although I'll tell you this, and I obviously won't mention names, but before before I started uh, dating my wife seriously, I was living in Queens, and I never forget this. Um, I was living in Queens, and I had a, a roommate, my buddy Jared uh, from from Boston, and um, I went out and I was uh, dating this girl from Staten Island, 
And I should have known that. I was dating this girl from Staten Island, and uh, she would always try to use, like, the physical thing, like, when we got into a fight, you know. And I remember one time, though, like, I just fucking was done. Like, we're hanging out, we're going out. We went to this club, we did something, and then she just fucking, like, she's like, oh, you know, my friend lives, like, in the building around the corner. I'm just going to go see her, smoke a joint, and come back. And she just fucking, like, stayed the night. Like, just fucking, like, left and, like, was did some selfish, like, just stayed out and did that. And fucking came to my building the next day. And I was like, you're not coming here. Fuck you. And she said, yeah, no, I bought you a pizza. And came back with, like, a pizza and was just sitting there. And I was like, fuck you. Fuck you, dude. And she was like, no, no, come on. And she fucking brought the pizza. And I remember, like, I don't want pizza. And I just put it out in my living room and I opened it. And my fucking roommate sat and was eating it. And I just was fighting with her. And I was like, you know something? You're a fucking selfish ass. I'm done with you. I'm done. And like then like pulling in for the sex. I'm like, no, fuck that. And I was like, well, I got to go home. Someone's got to drive me home. And like I got to go all the way to, and like from Queens to Staten Island. was long. And I remember just calling up a car service being like, how much is it from Queens to Staten Island? They're like 60 bucks. And I threw the money on the bed and I ordered the car and she left and that was it. And it fucking felt awesome. Um, here we go. Two more, guys. Two more. But these are fun. Thank you for the submission. I'm having a good time. Oh, I got pep in my step, everybody. You guys listening to episode 251 with me, your host, Paul Verzi, the Verzi Effect Podcast, the baddest podcast. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Verzi Effect Podcast is one of the most underrated podcasts, but it's up to you guys to fucking get it where it needs to be. So tell a friend. And thank you. Thank you for being a friend. Bum, bum, bum. Travel. All right, here we go. This is from, this says, Scary Dog Unacceptable, Chris B., Okay, uh, scary dog, unacceptable. Hey, Verzi, okay, I have two things to talk about. First thing is about two weeks ago you were telling a story about this dog that walked up behind you when you and your kids, uh, when you were walking with your kids. I think the way you acted was justified, but I think it's totally unacceptable slash hilarious that you were able to size, uh, to size the dog up and I'm not talking about the size of the dog. I'm talking about you sizing the dick on the fucking thing. I haven't laughed so hard at something like that in my life. You're truly one funny motherfucker, man. Second thing, I don't know you from Adam, but you seem like a really good father and would do anything for your kids. Uh, they sound like well-behaved and well-mannered kids. My girl and I are expecting our first... Uh, daughter in about two to four weeks and was hoping if you could shine some uh and could shine some little and give some tips slash pointers uh thanks for your time love the show and if you're coming up to canada don't just stay in that boring ass province of ontario uh just jump on the trans uh canada highway head east and make a stop in uh, La Bella Providence, a.k.a. Montreal, Quebec, for you Americans. From Chris Brown uh, to an half-year listener, and still... Oh, from 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 Chris Brown. For, all of a sudden, I was just thinking of the fucking... From Chris, two and a half-year listener, and still waiting for the, for the burger, bitch. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. But I'm fucking hungry, Paulie. So not really. <laughs> well, thank you, Chris. Um, you know, advice about, advice about a first daughter, I would say this, okay? And it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying with Trump talking about women. Um, 
there were things that my daughter would do that my son wouldn't do that I didn't understand. And I didn't understand why she was acting a certain way. And sometimes I would be frustrated and I would be like, is this just a sex thing different? And what it is, is it's like the sexes are obviously so different and you could see it at such a young age. But you have to understand that little girls are emotionally smarter. Like, so they're at a place where they don't even understand because they're emotionally getting something that they don't even know how to get. And a little boy just doesn't give a fuck because he's playing with a, you know, with a, with a, with a truck or a car or a fucking, you know, sticks and throwing balls around. And you know what I mean? Like they want to play hockey and they want to throw a baseball and kick a soccer ball. And that's, and when they get upset, it's about not being able to do that or having to go to bed or eating. Or a little girl is like this emotional fucking genius. And they're like, why do you do that? Why do you, Why would you say that? And at first you're like, what are you talking about? But like they're looking at it from like, don't hurt me. And like don't, it's just really different. It's almost hard to explain. So I guess my advice would be when they start to get that age where you don't understand why they're acting like that, kind of try to be a little as understanding as you can. Um, you're going to love your little girl so much and you're going to, you know, like my little girl is just such an amazingly smart person just beautiful little thing that I, I love and cherish and I see how smart she is and she'll just like like I'll give you an example me and my friend Giannis Giannis Pop is comedian I talk about a lot on the show great comedian I'm sure a lot of you guys know him uh, if you don't look him up he's the best but we go he comes to my house and we're smoking a cigar and we're hanging out in the back porch and I got this I got this um you know like it almost looks like a like a it's like a gated wood like it's wood but it's just got the check marks across it like it's like and it's like hard plastic and it's like up against like I don't know and the wind always blows it and there's an American flag on it and it's like just blown away and like it blew out of like the socket that it was supposed to be in okay and I was just like man this thing is gonna fall what should I do let me try it and it just looked like a big undertaking to like fix it or get it right so like I just wanted to make it okay and I start doing it and my three-year-old looks at what I'm about to do and she just goes dad just leave it and, like, it sounds silly and funny, but she was, like, right. She just looked like, that is fucking, you're not going to do that. So, like, it's you're just going to fuck it up anyway. Like, they get it. They're smarter. You know, like, I was driving the other day. She goes, Dad, look at the road better. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? She goes, you need to look at the road better because you were just looking at something else. And she was right. Like, she, I don't know. It's hard to describe. So I would say with the little girl, be more patient. You know, sometimes you want to be like, what the fuck, man? I get it from my wife. I don't need it from you. Um, but you can't. So I would say just be patient with a little girl. Cherish her. Understand that she's going through these fucking things that, that just women get, you know, that just, you know, they're just more emotional. That's really what it comes down to. You know, men are stronger. Women are more emotional. That's, you know, that's pretty much it. But they're like really smart too. They're insanely smart and uh, smarter in different ways. But um, it's amazing having a little girl and watching them grow. And it gives you an appreciation of women. Um the older I get and the more mar- you know, the, the longer I'm married and the more I see my daughter grow up and the more I see how some women are treated, I actually, you know, I thought it may maybe make my opinion of women more like, man, they're, they're, sometimes they could be really tough or picky. I, it's actually the opposite. You know, I think, I, like, women are really fucking dope, man. Women are dope. They're, they're fucking smart. They're intelligent. They're, they're deep. They're, they're prepared. I mean, the only thing I don't like is, like, they're just, like, overly like gossipy with shit you know that's the only thing that like anno- like that's the one thing that annoys me like 
you know, thank you for the submission. You're going to love having a daughter. It's amazing. And you just, my, so my advice is just be patient and understand them more and really listen to them and, and all that stuff. Not that you don't want your son, but like with them, you really got to fucking like, like, no, I'm talking to you. You need to do that. And you're like, all right. But uh, I love it. But I'll give you an example. Like a woman will be like, so she told me that her fucking husband, okay, he lost his fucking job. All right. Not only did he lose his fucking job, I heard he's going to Starbucks every day. Okay. And she didn't even know. She didn't fucking know. So he loses his job, you know, good paying job. Okay. Paying the bills, good paying job. Okay. Like six figures, you know, doing all this, loses his job months ago. Okay. Afraid to tell her that he's going to Starbucks every day. Now they say he's not even looking for a job at Starbucks. Okay. And the other woman's like, oh my God. Are you kidding me? I feel so bad for Cheryl. Yeah, not only is he not looking for a job at Starbucks, okay, but he is like looking at like porn, they said, and rumor has it, can't confirm, rumor has it that he's into one of the baristas over there. Yeah. Yeah, the daughter just found out. She's devastated. Son doesn't know. And we're just like beside ourselves. Poor Cheryl. Oh my God. If my husband was going, I would fucking kill. I would rip his fucking dick off. It's, not, it's like, guys don't do that. A guy will like go to like a, the tee box on the first tee at a golf course and be like, dude, you hear about Phil's wife? Fucking cunt. And then it's over. <laughs> I should do a bit on that. I should do a bit on that. Uh, that's the only thing, like, women just love to talk, like, a lot more, like, about certain shit, um, last unacceptable, guys, thank you for the submission, here we go, this is from Jesse Fuka, uh, Verzi, I'll get straight to the point, I got two, the first one, see attached picture, is a woman walking around in dirty bars with shoes in their purse and not on her feet, fucking gross, let me see the picture here, Is that a, yeah, that's fucking, that is gross. And she's like smiling. That's fucking weird. Uh, here's the second. The second. Same night I'm out with a few friends and we stop at pizza shop uh, at the end of the night and grab a slice. They have three, they have these uh, three foot long garlic bread sticks for $4 and one of my friend gets one. We sit down and there's a group of girls next to us. Total strangers. One of the girls grabs a breadstick off of my friend's plate and starts eating it. Me and my friends were so shocked, none of us even reacted. I finally asked him if he knew the girl, and when he said no, I snatched the two and a half foot uh, left of breadstick out of the girl's mouth and asked her, Who the fuck do you think you are? She responded by yelling at me that I'm a jerk. So I asked her again, who the fuck do you think you are? I told her it was unacceptable to take food off of uh, people's plates and asked her where her cage was because she's an animal. Wow, because she's an animal. Good for you. She told me that I shouldn't swear at a lady, to which I ended the conversation by saying, ma'am, with all due respect, you're not a lady. You're a smug cunt who thinks she can't get called out for her shit because she has a vagina. All of her friends had their heads hung in shame. And for the first time ever, I called a girl a cunt and actually won in the situation. 
That's fucking awesome. Right after, right after, but I wish it was bad timing. I'm like, you know, women are great. You know, they're intelligent and having a little girl is this. Good for you. She was a smug fucking cunt. She thought she could just fucking take Brit. Oh my God, look at me. I'm going to take it. I'm going to go there and take it. Okay, fuck you. Good for you. And thank you for the submission. That was fucking awesome. Those are the unacceptables, everybody. Let's see where we are. Oh man, a minute 10. Minute 10. Fuck. A lot of, lot of tweets, Twitters. Uh, here we go. This is from Jose Cervantes at uh, capital C, uh, capital J C E R V A N T E S, capital L A. Paul Verzi, you being mad at the multiple free Google services you use is unacceptable. Maps always check, don't point and drive. Ah, whatever. I kind of agree. Fuck that. No, I don't. Thank you for the submission. Uh, I don't know what this is. This is from Sully S at AE2015 underscore. Wow, dude, gross. Class, hashtag classless, hashtag gross, hashtag unacceptable, at Paul Verzi. And it's, oh yeah, it's it's actually a place to eat that has just a shitload of garbage on it that they didn't clear out. And dude, that's not crumbs. It looks like somebody fucking dumped Apple Jacks or uh, Fruit Loops, and then they left a fork and a drink and a uh, big, yeah, it's fucking gross. That is gross. Uh, thank you for the submission. Oh, my God, you also sent one. Same guy, Sully S at AE2015 underscore. Someone let this animal out of her cage. Unacceptable. And it's a, I hate to say it, it's like a big fat girl in jeans, and there's a hole on the ass cheek that's big, and you see ass cheek. Wow. Um... Here we go. Is that it? Might be it. Might be it for Twitter. Okay, good. I always say that and then I find one more. I'm like, oh no, it was it, but then wait. But then wait. Um twenty seventh, yeah. I gotta go oh, here we go. Yeah, there's one more. Stephen Gaines at Stephen Gaines five. Put traffic backed up because of a wreck on the side of the road of the, of the because of a wreck on the other side of the highway is unacceptable. Stop being nosy twat and fucking drive it. That'll never change. That'll never change. Although when you see a car burning on fire, I'm looking at it, you know? Like I saw one today. It was like black smoke, like fucking fire. Like, holy shit, dude. That's like... Here we go. Blair Stewart at Good Stewart 17. Um, New York Giant fan since birth, 1990. In North Central PA, but I'm either a bandwagon or following a bad team. Hashtag unacceptable. Nah, you're alright. You're okay. Uh, thank you for the submission. And I think that... Um, you know, people saying that, it's just like, dude, I like the Giants. Shut the fuck up. How about that? All right, what's today? Is the 31st? I think I did it. Yeah, we're done. Are we done? We're done. We're done, everybody. So thank you guys for the submissions. Unacceptables are done. Um, oh, so I did it. When was this one? Somebody said uh, Michael Zafchak, uh, Zafchak at Z-O-F-F-A-N-A-T-O-R. At Paul Verzi, have you ever met Cat Williams? He's been unacceptable. I don't know if that was the last one. If that I did it on last week, no, I haven't. Uh, my buddy opens for him 
And uh, I just hope the guy does well and uh, gets through whatever he's going through because the dude's fucking hilarious. Uh, you know, when that dude is right, man, he's fucking funny. He is. He's funny. And another thing I know about Cat Williams is he's very, very fucking smart. He's very intelligent. And when you see somebody going through something like that, it's just like, man, you know, whatever. So, uh, unfortunate for sure. Um, but, anyways... Thank you guys very much for the Unacceptables. Please send your Unacceptables to unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. Um, and please, you guys have been doing much better with them. Just please keep the long, like, you know, you could tweet me a couple of lines and I'll read it. But if, if you go to the email, if you could kind of just keep it, you know, to like one paragraph or, you know, small, you know, it'll just help it go along. But, you know, of course I want to get to all you guys because you guys are the shit. So uh, I appreciate it. Um, what is this here? Oh, poodle. I already talked about the fucking poodle. All right. Sports, guys. I am doing fight night at the Verzi compound, the Verzi house. I'm doing fight night. I'm having comedians come over. It's going to be the uh, UFC. Was it 196? Uh, Jones versus, uh. I don't know how to say it. How do you say guys in Comier? Comier? Whatever the fuck. Either way, I'm having it at my house, and we're going to do that and watch it. I'm excited about it. And I just heard that uh, McGregor is going to fight at UFC 200 against Diaz again, so I got to watch that. I'm a UFC guy now, man. I can't believe it. It happened. It happened. So I'm excited about that. Um, the Golden State Warriors will break the 1996 Bulls record. It's just what I'm watching it's, I've never seen a team, I've never seen, listen, even if you don't like the NBA, and I don't watch it all the time, I kind of just watch it in passing now, now that the Knicks are gone, I'm not as much into the NBA as I will be when the playoffs start in a couple of weeks, or next month, NBA playoffs are the best, right now it's kind of just finishing whatever you're gonna, your seed is going to be, and then that's it, so I'm not into it, but I'm telling you right now, Watching the Golden State Warriors, they will be in a game tied, losing by four, up by four, in a tight game, and then with a snap of a fucking finger, just go up 15. I've never seen anything like it. Their shooting is unbelievable. They are going to win a title. There is no way this team will lose. People want to say it. People, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be right. They just want to be right. They are not going to lose. I want to be right and be the guy to be like, how the fuck did he have that and know that they would? They're not going to lose. Oh, and I love a favorite, guys. <laughs> uh... You know, so uh, I'm going to go to the Yankee games this year. I am. But, you know, I'm fucking disappointed. You know, football doesn't start for, you got to wait another five months or four months or whatever it is for football, right? What are we? We're almost in April. So April, May, June, July, August. Yeah, we got five months for football. The NCAA tournament is great. It's almost over. They're down to the final four. So that's done in a fucking week or so. So then you got so so once college basketball is done, you got football is done for five months, and then baseball starts. And you know, I mean, I'll hope for the best for the Yankees. Go to a couple games. I am going to take my kids, so that might might make it more exciting. But you know, so the one thing I'm looking forward to is NBA playoffs. Um, and what else? Nothing. Nothing with sports. That's it with sports. And as far as movies, I almost did it. I almost went to see that Cloverfield movie by myself, and I just couldn't bring myself to it. 
it was like 10 o'clock show. Everybody was sleeping. My older brother was going to come, and he didn't come by. He's like, oh, I got to, you know, he was going out. He's actually in Atlanta now, I think. But he, you know, he couldn't come by. And I was like, do I really want to get in the car at 9.30, go to like a 10.05 movie by myself on a weeknight? I want to see it, you know. Be, I heard it's great. I want, And I was just like, ah, fuck it, I'm not doing it. But I, uh, so out of the nine, out of the nine people versus OJ Simpson show on FX, I've watched eight. I only missed one, but I have to tell you, this is the best acting and the best fucking thing I've seen on TV. Like I'm almost happy if I don't have a show on Tuesday night, just so I could fucking like, I rush, I will rush home. It starts at 10. I fucking, I've never seen, I don't know why. Everybody is saying it too. I don't know what about it is so good. Well, I do know what about it is so good. It's just I don't know why it can make it could be this good when you know the outcome. The fucking act. You know what it is? It's the behind the scenes. Like they they didn't the fucking dude Chris Darden, the black dude on the prosecution. He was telling Marsha Clark, dude, don't put Mark Furman on the stand. He was saying it from the beginning. He was saying it from the fucking beginning. You know. If you haven't watched it, I'm sorry. This is just one part of it. It's 10 episodes. The final 10th one is next week. That's the finale. But so there's a scene. Well, at the beginning of the series, he's going, I don't want to put Furman on. I don't trust him. Something's wrong. And she's like, we have to. It's the backbone of the thing and this and that. He's going, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And they fucking put Furman on the stand and it just comes out all these tapes and he's saying the N-word and they're able to say that he's a racist cop and he probably framed OJ and planted something and just fucking the defense is just basking in their glory because of the mistake of this guy on the stand. And there's a fucking scene. How rare is it to get satisfied from a scene? Like you're genuinely watching something. You know the outcome. People know OJ was not guilty and all that. But you're just watching this thing. It's intense in the court. The way they have it set up. The acting. The music. The fucking things. The inside. Them going to the judge about things that you didn't know. It's like amazing. All of the inside shit. Right? I haven't steered you guys wrong with watching shit. You just got to watch the shit. And... There's a scene where Chris Darden and Marsha Clark, the prosecution's in the elevator after getting embarrassed because these tapes came out and then they got to, and he just is in the elevator shaking his fucking head. And this is like episodes in, okay? And he just fucking throws his briefcase down in the elevator, like loud. And he just looks at Marsha Clark and he just fucking goes, I told you. I fucking told you from the beginning not to end, dude. You feel his anger. He's like, I, f dude. It would be, it was like real. Like if somebody, if somebody fucked up and you had to, you just fucking snapped. And he goes, I told you not to, but from the fucking beginning, like, and he just had that look, like you fucking dope, you fucking dope. I told you from the fucking beginning not to do it, and you fucking did it. And he goes, you wanted me on this shit because I was a black face, but you didn't want my fucking black voice or whatever he said. And he just fucking picked up his briefcase and kept looking straight. And she just fucking sat there and basked in, in her fucking scold. And it was, um, it was awesome. It was fucking awesome, man. You got to watch it. People versus OJ, dude. Fucking awesome. Like, I wish, I wish the trial went on for fucking years just so I could watch this fucking, just keep watching this fucking thing. Like, just keep watching, like, what really happened, the behind-the-scenes shit. Um, guys, I'm having fun, but, I mean, I think this is it. An hour, 22 minutes. I got to go get dinner, put this thing out. It's later on Thursday, so I got to get this out now. 
Um, plugs. Um, go to the website. PaulVerzi.com has updated dates uh, for uh, New York gigs. My next road gig. I mean, I'm in Canada now. My next road gig, um, and you can see all those dates online. My next road gig when I'm away headlining on my own. Actually, Bartnick's coming with me. I'm headlining the Punchline in Atlanta. Go to the Atlanta Punchline. April 28th through May 1st, I will be headlining there. Check it out. It's a great club, great owners. I remember being there with great comics like Dom Herrera. I was there with Bill Burr. I was there with, you know, featuring, and now I'm headlining myself. So please get tickets to that, and um, more dates to come for sure. So thank you guys so much for listening. This has been episode 251. I hope everybody has a, a great night, great week in between, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.